Moto America fans, it's time for another episode of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you may even learn something from this unlikely pair and their special guest. The mic is yours, Paul and Sean. Hello, Moto America fans, and welcome to this special video edition of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. I am Bice, and Carruthers is on the far side, and in the middle here we have Mr. Maxwell Toth, who I like to refer to as Max Toth. And we have him here in this video version because you look at Max and you talk to Max and you're gonna find out, he looks like he's about, looks and talks like he's about 30 years old. <laughs> he doesn't look 30. Well, okay, he doesn't look 30, <laughs> but he sounds like he. Anyway, Max is 15 and a half. And I met him last year at Laguna Seca and I didn't even realize he was 14. I went into the paddock and I was asking around, hey, where's Max Toth? And, this this guy came over and I was like, okay, fine, but where's Max? <laughs> so, so anyway, Max races, had been racing in our junior cup class exclusively, the our sport bike track gear.com junior cup class, but he's got an announcement to make, so we want to start out there. So welcome, Max, and, Thank you. and tell us about your Thank situation. You. Well, first of all, I'm happy to be here. Um, it's super, super fun. First time I've ever done something like this, so I'm excited. So yeah, um, Robum essentially gave me the opportunity to ride the twins and you know we were planning on riding the twins since last year november obviously and you know we didn't quite get the chance um from the first round all the way until until what was it the last round brainerd so um i'm really excited that robin is giving me that opportunity now and i'm looking to finish the season off really strong and have a fun time on it now you were one of these riders that we heard a lot about before you started racing with us we i heard a lot of max thought that's why i wanted to meet you at laguna seca and, you know, it seems like kind of interesting. You're 15 and you're kind of, you're not really giving up on Junior Cup, but you're moving up to Twins Cup. Tell us about that strategy and the fact that, you know, it's a little, it's a jump. And some yeah. of these guys that were in Junior Cup take that as the next step at times. So tell us about your decision to do it. You know, I mean, I mean, for us, originally the Junior Cup was supposed to be kind of a filler class to the Twins. So um, I've been racing, you know, the small bikes, kind of these, this, this type of size bike, like the 400 for the last you know, two years with the pre-Moto3 and Moto3 over in Italy. And so for us personally, we thought that it was the time to make the jump onto the bigger bikes and, you know, wider tires, more horsepower. And so for us, that was kind of always the main, the main goal. So we don't see it as really, you know, throwing the junior cup away or taking the big jump. It's just kind of where we wanted to leave off at the beginning of the season. It's just the way. And you're, you told us you're 6'2". Yes. Which yes. I think that's pretty much the same size as Benjamin Gladi. I think he's around 6'1", six, 6'2". Six, it's about the same, yeah. Okay. We've compared multiple times just to make, you know, see who's the tallest. And you guys are close to the same age. And yes. a lot of the younger riders, you included, are pretty tall. So do you think, I mean, is a Twins Cup bike ergonomically a little better for you? Is that, is that a factor in you moving up to that class? It's definitely going to be a lot more comfortable. I mean, the, the Ninja 400 has really limited space, especially when it comes to tucking or when it comes to leaning off. And so the Twins is definitely, I've, I've ridden the stock, the stock version of the bike before, and I've ridden, you know, 600 as well. And it's a lot bigger, a lot more spacious. You know, you can get a lot more comfortable on it. So that's one thing that's definitely better. And also the horsepower is going to help. Yes, yes, for sure, for sure. I want to talk about the Rage. We, we definitely need I know to talk probably, about that. Everybody wants to talk I'm about probably, the Rage. You're probably sick of talking about the Rage. But, like, I have a few questions. Like, namely, like, did you think you were totally screwed? I mean, when, if I was in that position, or maybe you don't have time to think that. It was, 
It was strange because well, it was. Hold on, we're talking about his big crash. Yeah. He got run over. His legs were completely run completely over. Run three over. times. Three times. You've probably seen the video, and if not, we'll show it to you again. But uh, it's pretty. It, it's go crazy. So go ahead. I'm sorry. I mean, it was it was really strange because I just I came out of the corner. The bike felt a little bit loose on the rear. So already there, I kind of felt that I you know stepped out of the my race line, and then I just I went onto the curb, grabbed a shift, and then all of a sudden, I mean, not even thinking about it, not even realizing it, just the curb boom, drops off and ends and goes straight back into asphalt. And so once the front tire kind of dropped off, it was almost a pothole too at the end of it. So once it dropped off, I felt the whole bike just go down and then front went a little bit from there, it spun the rear out. And then once it came back, I'm like, well, there's no, it's, it's over. It's no saving it. I hit the floor. I mean, it was, everything was moving so quickly. I didn't even know that Cody ran me over until I saw the footage. Oh, so he I was just it? spinning so much. I mean, I, I felt it, but you I just kind of felt a lot of hit. stuff, right? Yeah, I just felt a lot of stuff. I felt that I kind of got hit here, hit there, hit there. So I didn't even know that I got ran over until I saw the footage at the end. It just moved so quickly. I mean, usually crashes happen slowly, but it just this one was just so quick. And so I got up and I, I immediately knew that my thumb was broken or something in here was broken because it just, you know, there's that certain sensation that you get when you move the finger. And even with the adrenaline rush, you can kind of feel that almost rubber banding feeling of where it's trying to pull that, you know, bone or ligament back or whatever. And so I was praying that it wasn't maybe just a bruise, but, uh, you know, ended up being broken. So do you, is that hard? Do you, is it hard to watch that video? I can't imagine watching that video of myself getting run over. I mean, how clear you're watching it when you know you're okay, but still I'd be like, what? You it's, know? it's hard now. I think more so that I've seen it a million times. <laughs> Right. And now that I'm now every time I watch it, it's just, oh, just to see me get run over. But I think the first 50 times I played it back was honestly just to analyze what happened, just to see, well, why did I run off? Where was I? When did I grab the shift? Where was my body? You know, when it did run off, how could I have saved it? How could I have prevented it from, you know, sliding this way and that way? So it was more learning the first times I've seen it. But now I just it got reposted. I see it on Snapchat, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and now it's just, okay, I'm seeing myself getting run over and that's all I get from this. Were your legs bruised or anything? They were, I don't even, there wasn't even visible bruising. That's crazy. Do you drink a lot of milk? <laughs> yeah, that must be. I, I, I do, I actually do. I mean, I have a bowl of like three bowls of cereal. Where again, I, I was in a, a phase for like three months before the Ridge where I would have a bowl of cereal like every day. So, so that's probably what saved me. That's probably it. Eat cereal now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. I, think, I think we've all seen these viral videos where you got like a guy, a kid on a bicycle and all his friends are lying down like hot dogs on the ground and the guy's going to, you know, jump off a ramp over his buddies. <laughs> that's basically what Cody did to Max. Yeah, I mean, but, yeah. but he missed completely. He went right over him. And he got and just time, to see it. He got air time. <laughs> he did. He did. He definitely jumped you for sure. Yep. But it's weird of, of everything that could have happened there that you ended up breaking your thumb. And it, you could see what happened. Your hand kind of got caught in the front wheel a little bit. Yeah, right? it, the tire. It, it, it looks like it just got hit by the wheel. I think it was the first thing that got hit um, over my two legs. And you can just see the, the force of the rotation just yanks it down. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm honestly really grateful that it didn't tear or damage anything in my elbow or in my shoulder because you can see my whole arm just from here just bang folded yeah. down yeah so but not not everybody saw it the first time they saw the video like everybody assumed oh your legs are broken in the leg yeah. yeah or people even ask like how did his hand break or right. what did his hand touch and you know no you have to go back and you have to you know zoom in on me getting run over there's a little bit oh the hand got taken by the wheel it's just have you ever broken a bone before oh many oh many. you have okay many. i mean most of my 
racing injuries have been in my hand. I've broken here on the thumb, here on the wrist, um, here on the pinky, here on the pinky. So wow, have you ever thought about crashing last? No, it's kind of no, part of it's, what it you know. Is. I got I got to push, and sometimes <laughs> it's. I mean, you have to override the bike sometimes, you know, yeah. especially when it comes to down to not knowing the track, lack of track knowledge, weight to horsepower ratio. I'm one of the biggest guys. I have to override the bike. So, right. you know, sometimes if I want to keep up with the first place, you know, yeah, I'll take risks and okay, I benefited out of that, benefited out of that. But sometimes you end up in a pothole and you break your thumb. It's just kind of, it's part of the gig. Have you ever, this is a weird way to put it, but this idea of in order to find the limit, you kind of not, you don't even approach it. You have to almost go over the limit. They oh, realize, for okay, sure. that, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, that's one thing that I've been training for even since I was like six, seven years old. I mean, even in parking lot drills, mini bices, it's always over the limit. It's always getting out of the comfort zone because you can go over the limit once and turn that new limit into your comfort zone. But then from there, now what? Well, you need to keep break, you know, you need to keep breaking those boundaries, breaking that barrier. And, you know, whether you're going to crash that day and go home with a broken bike, well, you needed to find that limit. You know, you need to train that way. Tell us about how you got started. I mean, you're still young, but you've obviously been riding for a long time. Tell us when you started, what you rode and how you made it to this point. So I started at the age of, I think my first, so the first bike I had was an electric bike. It was like a little electric, cheap motocross bike, probably like five, you know, 500 bucks, whatnot. And that's kind of what I learned uh, you know, ride a motorcycle with. I had a Strider for two years, a year and a half before then. So I kind of got the, the balance part of it down. Um, and then from there, I moved on to my first real motorcycle, which was a PW50, which came with training wheels and we had to yank them off. My dad was like, nope, it's, it's <laughs> starting on the two wheels. And so from there, we just kind of worked up. Um, we got, you know, the, the SX50 or the, the SX Mini Adventure KTM. They had that little, it was like mm -hmm. a PW50, right. but KTM. Then SX50, then from there, the KX65, which we had for, you know, I mean, I still have it to this day for God knows how many years. But, you know, it's just moving up, moving up slowly, but always finding the limit on each bike that we rode. And all of this, obviously, you've done some dirt riding. Do you do any flat track? Is this all road racing you're doing on cart tracks? Or I, have I haven't touched dirt for probably three years. It's three, just not something you're, you just are a road racer. That's it's what just, you want to do. You know, for, I mean, for us, we feel that it's, if we're road racing, if this is the sport that I'm doing, if this is the type of motorcycle racing that I want to excel in, that's what I need to be training. And so, you know, for me, um, I have school during the week. You know, I, I, I still go to a regular, you know, regular school. I'm not homeschooled or anything. I have to show up to classes and, you know, get in homework and whatnot. So the only times that I can really be on the track is Saturdays and Sundays on the weekends. And for us, it's not worth sacrificing that little time that we have to train to go on dirt because now there's the risk of I miss hitting the triple and now my femurs, you know, broken out of my bone. Whereas if we just went to the car track on a solid day of training, you know, that's much more valuable to us. Mm -hmm. So it's it all sense. about, yeah, it's all about maximizing the time. What do you think about our mini cup by Motul? I mean, you think uh, you would have done it if, if it, we would have had it then, right? I would I, if, if, if I would have been younger and two feet shorter i probably would have been would have been doing it it looks really really fun i, I honestly wish that they had more rounds because it's very fun to watch from the outside perspective too yeah and by the way we're at pittsburgh international race complex or pit race they have a cart track here so this is going to be one of our rounds of the mini cup by motul so uh riders who are not a lot younger than max are racing and that's kind of our our first stars of our series then junior cup and kind of twins cup super sport from there but 
let's talk a little bit more about Twins Cup and about Robem specifically mm-hmm. because that is a pretty well organized team, large team, got a lot of uh, infrastructure in there. Matt Spicer is one of those guys that you know he does. He's not even on my level mentally. He's yeah. like always doing thinking somewhere ahead. Um, you have, how well do you know them so far, and what do you think about your teammates? And so how it's going to go. I I don't know them too well. I I got a chance to meet them at Brainerd last round, and I got a you know a little tour of of how they work and how they function, and you know what data they look at, and how they work with the bikes, with mechanics, blah blah blah. So they look like a very very well rounded team, a very good functioning team, and I, I really like how they work just from the little bit that I've seen. So I'm excited to see more. What are your expectations moving up? I mean, you've obviously got a good bike. It, you know, for us, it's, it's, it's honestly shooting for a podium. I mean, top five, top six. I mean, now this round, the expectation is a little bit less because I've never ridden the bike before. I've never ridden the track before. It's the weather conditions. It might rain. So for us, it's kind of we have to take small steps at first. But once we get comfortable with the bike, comfortable with the team, it's, I'm aiming for top fives and podium finishes. And know? the rest of the tracks you have been to? No, I have not. But oh. we haven't had trouble learning tracks so yeah. far this year. So. Yeah, it was weird. Last year you did Laguna Seca. Was that the only round in our series that you did? Yes. Okay, so all yes. these tracks in this side of the country are, are new to you. Laguna, and, yeah, Laguna Seca was the only track this year that I've ever been to, and I didn't even race Laguna, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I was out from the injury from the race. Oh, right, of course. Well, you raced last year when yes. you were there. That's yes. right. But this year it's been interesting because as of, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but as of the Ridge, it seems like you're you've been, your results have been really good. I mean, barring the injury, but we've seen you in the press conferences, so you've been around more. Um, are you, yeah. were you coming into your own on that bike? And I'm thinking, wow, he's the kids learning junior cup. Apologize for calling you kid. No, of course. Yeah. Um, but now you're going to, you're going to be like, oh no, I'm going to go to twins cup now. And you're okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very okay. I mean, you know, the results were, <clears throat> they, I mean, they've been in since the first few rounds. It's just been a little bit unlucky, I think with some circumstances like you know, um, <clears throat> something in my throat. That's right. Um, you know, the altercation with Cody at the first round in Atlanta, him clipping my front wheel and obviously going down there. Then the second race wasn't as lucky, uh, finishing fourth. I mean, we were in the front pack, but we weren't in the podium positions. And, you know, we had some, some races with success, like Road America. We had the, uh, the second race podium almost winning it, but the draft, we hit the dirt. And so, I mean, it's, it's been there since the first round. It's just been about luck and placement. Okay, so we've approached the point in the podcast where we need to talk about this situation with Max. That I talked to him last night because we knew we were going to do this podcast today. Now, picture, if you will, Chicago, Illinois. We're in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Geographically, that's quite a ways away. You'd normally fly from Chicago to Pittsburgh, and that was Max, Max's plan until the airline kind of messed that up. And so I talked to Max last night, and he, we talked about what time we wanted him to be here. And as we're speaking to you now, it's Thursday around midday and max said i can you know can you be there at 11 and i think what time was it i talked to you i think it was like 10 or 11 o'clock 10 p.m yeah so i'm like in 12 hours he's got to get from chicago to pittsburgh and i know from where i live in in mid ohio it's about six hours so it's three hours here we're talking like maybe nine hour ten hour trip i don't know how you did it tell, tell us and did, did you sleep who drove how did that work? i mean it's 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 all my dad honestly he yeah. drove us from something in my throat. That's right. No, so he drove us from all the way from Chicago to here. And um, it's, it's all him who made the drive. I mean, I was just in the passenger seat, chilling, sleeping. <laughs> it's, so. good that, it's good that you don't have a license because yeah, exactly. then it would be a situation where you would have probably had to tag team. But your dad drove that entire way, though. 
And your dad, I mean, let's give a shout out to your dad, Bert. Yes, right. Yes. He uh, tremendous, you know, the parents that, that support you guys in the paddock. It's incredible what they do and what they'll do to get you guys to the track. And is he, is there a background for him in road racing as well? I mean, so passion arise from? He used to race supermoto. So okay. he would do some local races, um, our local championship. And that's where he kind of got his racing background from. And that's where I started from. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, you guys, he's not choking up because of the emotions Oof, of this whole thing. I thought he was. I, I wish we had a bottle of water to give you here, but, you know, but anyway. I'm good. Um, I'm good. So, uh, so, so anyway, he, he came across, he's in Pittsburgh now. We went over, I went over to his paddock area and I'm like, wow, you're really here. He put his shirt on. He's freshly new to Robem Engineering and he's going to race with that team the rest of the season. So, um, you know, we want to wish you all the luck in the world. We're Thank doing you. That. And we'll hope to see and expect to see you up in the press conference. Paul and I will be, yep. Paul will be asking you the questions and I'll be smiling. So, perfect. Perfect. Um, you know, Paul, is there anything else you want to? No, I just, you know, anybody that's, that's close and it's in the area, they should consider coming here because I think this place in the past has shown that it's an awesome place to watch motorcycle races and it's always close racing. Yeah. And from the super bikes on down, we have like six support class races here, counting the mini cup. So there's tons of stuff for them to see. So. I highly recommend uh, getting down this way if, if you're anywhere where you can jump in the car and go or jump on the motorcycle and ride down. Yeah, and it's such a good location. I mean, we have a lot of fans that talk about why is it Mid-Ohio on the schedule? Well, there are some reasons why that we don't need to get into today, but a lot of the fans that have been over in Mid-Ohio or fans from this area that have come to this track feel like it's supplanted Mid-Ohio as being the track in this area, and they love it. We've got the hill where the fans hang out, and it's, it's a well-attended um race venue and this weekend we're gonna have a lot of fans so we're really looking forward to seeing you guys come and see max race and come and see paul too and say hi to him as well so thanks a lot for joining us on this podcast thank you max for being on with us of course, of course. and uh we'll catch you guys next time see you